Today's talk is called, We Are Not in the Outcome, Outcomes Business. Uh, we're in the process business, really. It's, it's all process. The outcome, I, I, I'm here happy to report, is already guaranteed. Because, at least in unity. Well, see, we have no hell. We have no hell to go to. We, many of us have hell that we've already been to, but we're not going to hell. Uh, what kind of a God that you call love would have a fiery, burning place of punishment to go to uh, for its for the child that is the, we are told we are loved by? And so, I'm not sure that sentence made sense, but that doesn't matter. It's uh, We are loved by God because God cannot not love us. God is love itself. So therefore... It's not about punishment and reward. See, we're not imperfect trying to get perfect. As if the outcome will be, oh, then I'll be perfect. Then I'll be happy. Then I will be. And it's, it's always about process. It's always about the journey. I believe in goals. And when I teach, I say, why do we, why do we set goals? It's to get us on the path. It's to get us on the journey, all of us, well, all, all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten of us today, uh, set a goal of getting to 3 Main Street in Norwalk. However, each of us had to go on a journey to get here. But if we hadn't had that goal, we wouldn't have left the house. And uh, like you guys, you did not have that goal. Ah, uh, you there in TV land. You didn't have a goal to get to 3 Main Street, but you did have a goal to get to Facebook Live. You had a goal to get, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on your computer, whether it's on your uh, iPad, whatever it is. You had a goal. Now, you had to, whatever journey you took to get here, it may have been coffee, <laughs> It may have been breakfast, it may have been hopefully brushing your teeth, you know, what have you. Your journey to get here, to change, to change, to put on something, who knows? And to to join in at Unity Center of Norwalk today. And, and so, see, there, 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 there was no outcome, but we're not just trying to get to Unity Center of Norwalk and then we're set. No, there's so much process in getting here, and then once you're here, you go into process again. It's not about, then I'm going to get the talk, because you don't know what the talk is going to be exactly. You might know a talk title, but I have veered away from talk titles many days, now many a Sunday, uh, barely talk, touched uh, the, the, the talk title. And, and so that clearly is not the end, the outcome. Oh, then I heard a talk. That is not the outcome. Because next comes, what do I do with the talk? What do I do with this information? And I don't feel that I give any new information. I feel I give reminders. What is, what is the Greek, the, the definition of education comes from educare, to draw forth from within the knowledge that is already there. If God is intelligence, if God is knowledge itself, and I believe whatever it is God is, God is those things, that means we already know. I know even if I don't know what I know, even if I can't explain it, I know it's within me to know. So I'm going to read a couple of things here that I looked up, because I, I, I like to get some of the wording right. 
Uh, and th this comes from uh, Jesus Christ Heals, one of Charles Fillmore's books, Unity, Unity's co-founder, Charles Fillmore, and said, there is one underlying law, and through this law, all things come into expression. Also, there is one universal mind, the source and sole origin of all real intelligence. First is mind, then mind expresses itself in ideas. Then the ideas make themselves manifest. Uh, this description outlines the process of creation as it unfolds within divine mind. Each idea created by divine mind is whole and perfect. And, the, you know, there's a whole series of divine ideas that to get us to, to the next, we'll call it, intersection of our process. You know, you might, you might, you, you want a new car. Great. Got a new car. I need mats for my car. Okay, great. Get your new mats. Oh, I need a new phone holder because the, the vents go a different direction than the last car. Okay, great. Hey, so you see, it's not just about a new car. Oh, the, the, for some of us, not, I, I'm happy to tell you I'm not one of those. Oh, now I have to park it at the far end of the parking lot so nobody hits me. You know, and, and that kind of stuff. Don't touch my car. Don't scratch my car. Oh, I hope my car. You know, so then we might have a process of concern and worry for our car. We, uh, you know, a relation. Oh, finally, I met the one of my dreams. Oh, my goodness. Now, how do I change them? <laughs> now, oh, thank you are perfect, but please don't do that, and don't do that, and please do that, please close that, and please <laughs> leave that open, and please uh, watch your crumbs and whatever. And, uh, and so it's a process, clearly, relationship. I, I so far haven't talked to the people who found their perfect mate and didn't want to change them at all. <laughs> And believe me, I've never been the perfect mate that nobody wanted to change. And I, they're wrong, but that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and so to keep looking at that. The ideas of God are potential forces waiting to be set in motion through proper formative vehicles. The thinking faculty in man is such a vehicle, and it is through this that the visible universe has existence. Man does not create anything if by this term is meant the producing of something from nothing. But he does make the formless up into form, or rather it is through his conscious cooperation that the one mind forms its universe. Now that passage is from the atom-smashing power of mind, Charles Fillmore again. All true action is uh, governed by law. Nothing just happens. There are no miracles. There is no such thing as luck. Nothing comes by chance. All happenings are the result of cause and can be explained under the law of cause and effect. Well, if that doesn't foul up your whole theory of uh, relevance, uh, relativity, relativity uh, what will? And that comes from Charles Fillmore's prosperity, but let's hear that again. No, nothing just happens. There are no miracles. There's no such thing as luck. Nothing comes by chance. All happenings are the result of cause and can, can be explained under the law of cause and effect. Even winning the lottery can be explained under the law of cause and effect. But, you know, to win the lottery, one must uh, have a thought, oh, I could win the lottery. And then one must buy a ticket. One does not win the lottery by staying at home and not buying a ticket. Uh, and, and so to pay attention to that. Now, many people buy lottery tickets and many people do not win the lottery. 
So there's still more within the mind that I can't explain for those who win. And then there's the laws of cause and effect with what people do with their lottery winnings or their salary. Or, you know, there's some people who do not get increases in pay because they don't think they're allowed to ask for it. And they sit around waiting forever for forgetful employees or employers who don't offer it. And, and so, law of cause and effect, I am worthy of an increase. You go to your employer, I would like an increase. Sometimes the answer will be yes. Sometimes the answer will be, i got to think that over. Sometimes the answer will be, we just can't do it right now. Now, does that mean you should not get an increase of income in life? No, it does not. You, you, if you think you are worthy of an increase, then explore that and see where the universe could have an increase waiting for you. Perhaps you are the one that needs to go buy the lottery ticket. I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, look into that. Uh, and and the, if you... Oh, there we go. Most of us begin with effects and try to work from them. Uh, but the true metaphysician begins with causes. And that's Ernest Wilson said that in his book, Many Mansions. Well, yeah. So many people think that the effects in life are the cause. I have to think this. This happened. No, no, I don't have to think this. I'm choosing to think this with this effect here. This effect happened because of a cause. Now, I, I, I don't believe that in my thinking, like, I create things that happen. I get that argument a lot. Are you telling me that my thought made this happen? And I always say no. But your thought told you how to experience it. Every one of us just had an experience with David played that, that solo. And they were all different because we had different thoughts about it. But David's playing didn't force us to think a specific way about that. But some of the, oh, look how he plays that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, listen to that melody. What a great arrangement. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to have for lunch today? I mean, you know, all sorts of different things. Some, you know, tune out. Don't even think about the song. It doesn't matter. Go in and out. It's like a meditation. You know, you're having your medic. God is. I am. God is. I am. I can't believe they did that to me in third grade. Oh, God is. God I am. God is. I am. You know, it's all sorts of stuff we think about. <laughs> We're driving along. Oh, I love this song you're playing on the radio. I can't believe they're playing. Like, hey, get out of my way. Oh, I love this song. And then it's like, what's wrong with you? Ruin my song. <laughs> if we are truly willing to enter into conscious co-creatorship with God, we must understand the law upon which all creation is based. This is the law of cause and effect. All cause is in the realm of mind. Effects are the result of the thoughts we hold in mind. This insight helps us become aware of the power of our thoughts to shape and form our world. And what I thought I, I would uh, read to us today and, and talk about it, explain it, is the seven steps of creation. Seven days of creation metaphysically ex uh, explained. Uh, and you, you read your Bible, as I'm sure you all do. Uh, that's a good one, huh? That'll be the funniest thing I say today. But anyway, go, there's the book called the Bible. And you can go to your library, read it, or an old place in the attic. Maybe you have one. And uh, blow the dust off and read this book. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my tricks when I go out of town. I, I say, oh, the, the board, I didn't bring my Bible with me. And the, the, board, the board president uh, 
they offered to loan me their Bible. They told me to be careful with it because it's a precious object. And then I open up this Bible that I that's mine, and I have baby powder, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> Always good for a laugh. Nothing like a Bible joke. For a laugh. So in the beginning, God or Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So metaphysically explained, it says, Thus the book of Genesis begins with an already created universe. The words which follow are not descriptions of actual creation, but are rather symbolic references to processes which take place within the already created universe. These processes are the same as those we use in co-creating our own lives. So already we're getting at the beginning. In the beginning was not the physical beginning. In the Bible, it, that, that is an allegory to explain the process of, of thought process, thoughts held in mind produced after their kind. Uh, so I want to be clear here. The words which follow are not descriptions of actual creation. You know, all, you know next, because next is let there be light. But are rather symbolic references to processes which take place within the already created universe. So next comes, and God said... Let there be light, and there was light. This states the coming forth of intelligence and awareness. For what is light within us? It gives us the ability to see. And that doesn't mean I see the in the room. It means I see with correct perception. It means I see what I am. I see what you are. I don't see based on my uh, prejudices. I don't see based on my what my mother said. I see what is when the light is on. When I, I, I declare, let there be light. Imagine if we did that all the time. You know, you see, I have an upside. say, wait a minute, let there be light. And suddenly you wrote, oh, and there was light. I suddenly had understood what was going on uh, where I didn't understand before. And why didn't I understand? Because I was telling myself a story that wasn't true. I was basing it on my past understanding. And my past while it's, it's a misinformant, because it can only be based on information from then, my past can never base its information on now. And as we keep awakening, as we keep gathering new understanding, I, uh, I'm not who I was then, so I can't use that information. I have got, I, you know, I've got new wine, need a new wineskin. And so... Pay attention to that, quite frankly. So let there be light. Ask for light. Or no, I'm sorry. Don't ask for light. Declare. You call forth the light. You demand, let there be light. And then those, oh, and then there was light. How about that? Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. This states the coming forth of the power of affirmation. Affirmament. I think that's stretching it, but I like it. Uh, the affirming power with man, within man is called faith. The firmament represents our affirmative uh, faculty, which works in the midst of all the possibilities and potentials within life. Separate the waters from the waters. Now, so otherwise, it's just we're just floating around all the time, and we, we, need, we need firm thoughts. We need firm understanding. So, so that we can still be fluid in many aspects of ourselves. But at a certain point, it's like, oh, I've got to stand here. I've got to, I need something to stand on. And what I need is a true thought based on that light I just called forth. 
Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. This states the coming forth of the powers of concentration and attention. Concentration and attention enable the faculty of imagination to do an effective work. In Mysteries of Genesis, that's a book Charles Fillmore wrote, the third step is the beginning of the formative activity of the mind called imagination. The imagination begins a great multiplication of forms and shapes in the mind. When I talk about in the 12 powers within imagination, imagination is the power that, let, that, that turns uh, obstacles into opportunities. Why? Because within imagination, there is a light on and I can see the obstacles for what they are and their potential to carry me forth. Because otherwise, I'm just walking through a life of obstacles all the time. Oh, I can't get a job. Oh, I don't have college education. I can't, I can't make money. Oh, I'm I, this. I come from the background I have. I can't do this. I, uh, and I have proven a lot. Let me tell you people. Let me tell you people, I have proven I, you can do a lot without a college education. You can do a lot with a sketchy background. And you can do a lot uh, with a, well, we'll just say a sketchy background, <laughs> a sketchy past. And because that past didn't dictate my present, I used it as a guide to get here. And I used it as a guide to learn forgiveness. I used it as a guide to see. And uh, a lot of that sketchy past, it was not all bad. It would uh, confuse a lot of people who think differently than I do. But it's, uh, I used it for good once I finally started using it for good. So take your past if you have a sketchy one and, and uh, let there be light. And begin to use your past as one for service. You know, as a kid, I always wanted to be on stage, and I was so afraid to do it. And then I finally I found a way to be on stage all the time and serve. And so I don't get up here because my ego needs a good stroking on some days. I get up here because it's fun. I get to serve and have a good time doing it. I get to share my past and things in counseling. I, I, it's, I optimize that past, and you can do that too. It, when you, uh, you can do that, who am I kidding? So many of us have already done it. But if there's anybody who doubts, you're the one I'm talking to right now. And so let us, uh, let, let us, let there, oh, sorry. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to separate the day from the night. This states the coming forth of the faculties of will and understanding. Will being the executive power, understanding being what I call the executive assistant. It's kind of like the will knows, knows it wants to take the, 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 the client out to dinner, but it's understanding that knows how to get the reservations. And so the two must work together in order to bring out our yes power, which is faith. You know, what have I said yes to? And it is my willingness that begins to carry that out, and it is my understanding that knows how to. Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth. And this states the bringing forth of the process of thinking in general. Thoughts blend with other thoughts of their own kind or character, and they tend to reproduce themselves. This is characteristic of the law of mind action, which decrees 
Like attracts life. Life begets. Life attracts like. And like begets like. Thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. That's what it's saying there. So let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. Male and female he created them. Well, this states the culmination of all the processes so far mentioned in the allegory. This is the Genesis presentation of the God-created real self of every human individual. This is man's spiritual identity and spiritual nature. Now, something we need to get clear here. For, I guess I can generalize and say for most of us, we have created God in our image and likeness rather than allowing ourselves to wake up and realize, oh no, I am created in the image and likeness of spirituality. I am created in the image and likeness of created thought. I am created in the image and likeness of love. I am created in that, and that's why I can think. And that's why I am free to choose which thoughts to think, which thoughts to entertain, which thoughts to carry out into manifest form. Uh, that's, so I am created in the image and likeness of God. It doesn't mean my physical body. It means the way I see. So too often we're too busy telling God what to be. And uh, we'd be wise to eliminate that uh, part of our behavior, that part of our thinking. Don't try to convince God of what you're upset about. It will not turn out well. And, and so... Ask. Keep asking. Spirit, tell me what to think. Spirit, tell me what this is. Spirit, I'm willing to see. Let there be light. Oh, and there was light. So on the metaphysical level of meaning, oh, wait a minute. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And good is not a word which needs to be challenged or argued about. Uh, if one does not know what good means, then all the defining in the world will not illumine that person. The innate logic of the human mind recognizes good. Good is the basis and reality of what is true and meaningful to mankind. Good is my ministry, my personal ministry. Uh, it's, it always has a capital G, and it has no opposite. It's what we are. We are just good. And we don't need to fight it. And we don't need to, well, what about the bad? There is no bad. There is confusion, but that does not uh, preclude my good. And the more I am aware and consciously aware of the good that I am, the more I will be consciously aware of the good that I am. You know, it's very simple, uh, too simple for some people. The more I am of this, the more I will know of it. And so keep focusing on that. On the metaphysical level of meaning, we have been dealing with within these statements Tradition insists it deals with creation, but creation has occurred before the allegory begins. The allegory is dealing with something which occurs after the original creation. It symbolically describes a process, a process which has spiritual identity uh, and spiritual nature of man as its grand climax. What has been created is not creation itself but rather an environment within creation. It is the environment in which the human family will exist and in which they will experience true evolution. For persons who do not believe in metaphysical Bible interpretation, the next step in the allegory should present something of a challenge. If we are to take everything in the Bible literally, 
then why is this next statement included? And on the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. Where is all this hard work which causes God to need a rest? Uh, do the steps in the allegory sound like hard work? We read simply that God says, let there be. Sounds simple. Uh, and there was. Is this hard work? Does this make a day of rest necessary? And we may even ask the very, very significant question, do you worship a God who gets tired? Anybody affirm today? My God is exhausted. <laughs> uh, can we not see that it is important that Unity students exercise what Charles Fillmore so strongly emphasizes in his book, Christian Healing, when he says so much about the innate logic of the human mind? Mr. Fillmore urges us to learn to trust that innate logic of our minds, and the study of Bible interpretation surely gives us many good opportunities to test that innate logic. So the seventh step of the allegory is the symbol of that process within true creativity, now called the Sabbath. The Sabbath symbolizes the process of conscious, willing rest. Here we go. It is an inner resting, rather than not doing. The Sabbath is an inner resting, rather than not doing. Becoming still and silent within even is vitally important for a large number of reasons, first reference to it in the Bible. So, I can have a Sabbath anytime I want within my process, and it can be this simple, and I've done this before, so pay attention, though, and do, by all means, try it at home. So there's a very simple Sabbath. That was uh, getting still. It was tuning out the outside. And it didn't take very long, did it? And it was an act of doing of something. I didn't sit here and not do anything. We never not do anything. Uh, we're always doing something. Well, it doesn't mean we have to be human doings. We, we are human beings, spiritual beings. But in our beingness, we still have an active and a live body. While I am sitting here being still, my heart's still ba -bum, ba -bum, ba -bum. You know, there's still stuff going on here. And so to, to realize, oh, I can never be 100% still, but I can take my Sabbath. And within that Sabbath, I can have a realization and an awakening that, well, like, holy smokes, there was light. And so if I say, let there be light, and I Yeah, the peace that passes all understanding takes place in that moment just because I'm willing for light. Let's all try it for a moment. I'll give it a shot here and see what happens. We'll go crazy. You guys do it too. So in that, there was no outcome. There's just process. We are not in the outcomes business in unity, in spirituality. We're not trying to 
get somewhere, but it would sure be nice if we would be somewhere. And the where with the where we want to be in is here. This next song that David is about to do is anything but peaceful. <laughs> it is thrilling. It uh, it excites me. It inspires me to think this can be done within human logic. And so I uh, I thank you for today. Remember, remember, let there be light. Okay, let there let there be light, and see what you see when there is light. Don't do that thing. God, tell me about this, and tell me. Don't go telling God what to tell you. Ah, let there be light, and expect the best. Thanks. <laughs>